Thanks to everyone who participated in the Worldwide CacheCon 2021, the first ever virtual worldwide geocaching conference. All contests are closed now. Hey, it doesn't mean you can't listen still. All right, back to the conference. Thanks to everyone who participated in the Worldwide CacheCon 2021, the first ever virtual worldwide geocaching conference. All contests are closed now. Hey, it doesn't mean you can't listen still. All right, back to the conference.
All right, Gary. We're this, live. We are live. This has been so much fun. I hope everybody that is joining us. <laughs> Well, yeah, you might want to put your microphone there. We've Thank been you, sir. Green room for a while, but yeah, I know it is so much fun. Um, we've had a couple questions. How do I put? What's the profile uh, image? Um, that is what you see on your screen right now. It's in the chat. How you do that is that you go to your, you copy and paste that into your set. It goes to settings on your geocache profile, and then, and I am out of focus. There we go. Now, now you're probably fine. Becker. Hey, it's been long nights. Everything is out of focus to me right now. Um, but you go and take that, go to settings on your geocaching profile. And when you go into where you edit it, go down to where you would put, um, do the about part and you just paste that in there and it'll put the icon in there into your profile. So that's, that's really quick how you can do that. Um, so I hope everybody is having a great time. I really enjoyed seeing the the lackeys on that Brian Roth and the HQ tour in the last hour. Absolutely, that was really cool. Gary, yeah, we've got several things we want to mention too, and we've only got a couple of minutes to do that before we get right back into the conference. Uh, one, of course, is that the trackables. Keep an eye out for the trackables; they will change over time. You'll see different ones. That's right. Uh, if you log that trackable, we've had over 600 people log that trackable so far. Holy cow, really? That is yeah. awesome. So that's that awesome. awesome. So go log it, uh, and you might win a prize. We will let prize winners know uh, about that um, after the conference. So, you know, give us time to process and get uh, all that taken care of. Uh, so um, just let you know that. So that'll be afterward. Right. Also, um, I want to mention that uh, we're, we're uh, going to be several promotions. You'll see several commercials today, but those are important because they're not just a standard commercial. They're geocaching commercials. So we really want people to be aware of those commercials and to really to patron the sponsors that we have. Uh, it, it's, um, it's been important for us to uh, work with our sponsors and it means a lot to us and it means a lot to them to, to let them know that you guys care about uh, the geocaching uh, sponsors and just let them know, give them, give them your love and show them support. Uh, and we've got swag available um, to purchase for this event. Uh, let me bring up the swag for that. This is right there and there you go. So I think we're, we're uh, about ready to get into the next hour. Uh, please go to the website and check the schedule. If you're wondering, you can go to um, the, the website and you can find out uh, what the schedule is. So I think that we are about ready. Derek's on a, Derek's got a cool little setup here. Yeah. A, I'm having an issue with one of my cameras right now. Um, yeah. But this is a little bit, I want to show you guys a little bit of behind the scenes real quick of what's going on. So I'm coming in from this camera here. Um, but we also to kind of see what's coming back here behind me. There's a shot back here. So, Hey guys, uh, <laughs> glad you're with us. Um, and if we needed to, I could always jump down over here. I got, well, you can't hear me very well, but I'm over here too. So, but just having a lot of fun today. Uh, it's going to be really interactive. Um, I do want to mention to go to the uh, anywhere on social media. <laughs> um, 
I'm ADHD right now. Lots of coffee this morning. It's been That's a lot right. of long sleepless nights. But when you tag us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, remember hashtag WWCC21. Uh, we're going to be looking for people that are going to be winning prizes on those as well. Um, all prizes you'll be announced or be, you'll be notified and you'll um, after the event today. Yes. So just want to let you guys know about that. All right. I all think right. We're, we're ready. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll break in again later on. All right. So here is our reviewer panel. All right, guys. And we are back and glad to bring to you two of our volunteer community reviewers. Uh, below me is Heartland Casher, and below Jesse is Blue Raja slash GeoWare USA 2. We'll let them both um, introduce themselves. Let us know how long you guys have been caching, how long you've been reviewing, um, and any of that stuff that you'd like. Go ahead, guys. So I've been caching since 2008, and uh, it was only a year later that I uh, got asked to be a reviewer. So it was pretty fast and uh, kind of done a little bit of everything. I kind of early on liked to play with every kind of hide and every kind of thing that was out there. I tried to figure out where I go in the early years and did a few of those and just had a good time doing it and somebody made a call to me and for some strange reason and i for some strange reason said yes so i've just kind of been doing it and now for 10 or 11 years wow okay heartland casher how about you yeah i i started reviewing or started geocaching in april of uh, 2003 and uh then i started reviewing in april of 2006 uh, I've seen a lot of changes. I do mainly, I do Wyoming and Nebraska and the United States. And uh, I help out in other places. I've been to other states. I've helped out in different parts of the country, world even. So, and I enjoy it. I, uh, when I first started, uh, things weren't near like they are now. There wasn't many caches. Uh, I took the grandkids a lot. That's when we had ammo cans more than there is now. And they, and they just loved all that McDonald's and all that trinkets that was in there. And as they got bigger and the cans got smaller and there was nothing in there, they lost interest. So it's pretty well just me now. But so about it. Yeah, I guess I, I could say where I'm reviewing. Sorry, go ahead. I guess I could say where I review as well. Oh, there you <laughs> for go. People, uh, Utah. I've also helped out in uh, New Mexico and Colorado off and on uh, when there was a need. And then as GeoWare, I worked through the Rocky Mountains of the U.S. So so for people that don't know, what are the differences in those two names? So you're a reviewer for regular geocaches plus something else, right? Right. So Blue Raja reviews regular geocaches in Utah right now. Uh, and GeoWare USA, I cover Montana, Idaho, uh, God, forget all of the states, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, uh, and Arizona. And periodically I've helped out in other areas as there's a phone call or somebody needs some help. Yeah. So the GeoWare designation means that you review earth caches. Right. Under that personality, under your other, you know, your split <laughs> personality, right? Right. And sometimes you get mixed up and, you know, GeoWare will publish a regular cache and 
Blue Raja uh-huh. will do the other one. So, you know, it just depends on if I'm paying attention that day. <laughs> just chaos. So you've already kind of answered the question that you're both geocachers, but uh, kind of for the audience that, that doesn't quite understand, because there's a lot of new people in there, how are you able to balance being a geocacher and being a reviewer at the same time? Heartland, if you want to start, I know you, you probably don't review in the area that you – or do you get all the secrets so you can find every puzzle in the world? <laughs> I tell you, I'm not much of a puzzle person. I do some puzzle caches, but I, I, that is not what I do much. Uh, when my grandkids used to go along and then they could figure out the puzzles and I used to do them, but bins are not around any much anymore. I, I don't do them unless I go with a group of, of cashers. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, I get. I really don't have that much trouble splitting up my time uh, between the two. I uh, try and keep it pretty balanced. I I do have put out events. We put out an event every third month. We have one. We rotate between the, some of the towns here in, in the middle of Nebraska. Uh, but uh, I really I haven't had any problems. I've helped out in other states too to cover them. So uh, my wife says I put in too much time, but I enjoy doing what I'm doing. So. I do that at night when nobody else is around and it's pretty quiet most of the time. Um, Blue Raja, how, how do you manage to, to be both your two reviewers and a geocacher? I don't know how you manage to do that. Uh, the geoware really isn't as, as difficult. You know, I can go a couple days before somebody puts one in the queue uh, or a week. So it just kind of varies. Sometimes in the winter months, I can go a month and only see two or three. So that they're a lot more time consuming, but uh, they're not, I don't see as many of them. Uh, I have not, I, I should, I'll be guilty here and say I haven't cashed anywhere near as much as I've wanted to in the last, you know, plague year. I've, <laughs> I kind of wrapped a few things up and kind of stayed hidden for various reasons. And I, I went out the other day and realized oh, I got to get out more, went out and found a few. And then I tried to find a, somebody to go with and they were like, Oh, I've already found those. Ah, dang. So, you know, a couple of my buddies who cashed a lot, haven't been out much. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, I need to find a new group to go out with. So what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, there you go. I'll just drive right over. We'll go cashing. <laughs> Should only take you a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. I we'll think meet all of us would agree with that. Yeah, I think all of us would agree that we wish we could have been cashing more. Yes, you know, mid pandemic, but the world is what it is, right? I miss events. Oh, yes. gosh. so much so I can't even tell you. I mean, that was we had a group here that meet used to meet every week, one time a week, and. We had another one that would get together and play games at a game store every month. And it just kind of feels bad when we miss those now. Mm-hmm. The, the world is different for geocaching right now. Yep. I attended an event last weekend, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Casher, are you looking for some ideas of how to create gadget caches and even very creative containers? Well, hey, don't look any further. Check out my channel, Behind the Cache. My name's Derek, and Behind the Cache is a channel that I like to share ideas of how to create gadget caches and creative caches. 
Now, you may be asking what's the difference between a creative cache and a gadget cache? Well, you're gonna have to check out my channel to find out. But on this channel, you'll find caches that are very simple to make all the way up to more advanced. So if you're looking for ideas, check out my channel, Behind the Cache. The easiest way to find my channel is go to BehindTheCache.com. I hope to see you there, and always remember, every cache has a story, so go check out Behind the Cache. With you guys being reviewers, what is one of the most common mistakes that you see people make when they try to submit a geocache? Well, I've got, I, I, I can think of more than one, <laughs> but, I, and, and I, and I, these are not in any particular order. Uh, so, sometimes they're too close to a mystery, a multi or a where I go. Uh, but unfortunately you, you can't see the hidden waypoints as a, as a geocacher, so uh, you can't find them. They don't get permission from the land manager or the property owner. They don't read the guidelines and understand them. I'll tell you, sometimes I don't understand some of them, but and I'm, I'm sure we've probably all been that way. Coordinates are wrong. A lot Sometimes they're in the wrong format or they don't match the description. It may say it's by the river and, and I plot it on the map and it's in the middle of a meadow someplace 10 miles away or, well, maybe not that far, but it, it's not where they say it is. Um, sometimes uh, using Google Maps is, is okay, but I have I have found people that not all, not a lot of them, but they're not always right either. Uh, coordinates are still the best way to find out. And use a beta tester. That, that helps, too, to have somebody test your, uh, well, one way you can get rid of that. That's about all I have for right now. Yeah, location, location, having the right coordinates. I, how often I see one in China? Actually, somebody puts in east instead of west, so it, you just end up in China. It's like, gosh, no one, you didn't look at your map to even notice that it's you know, characters, not names, you know, not names I can read, but just characters of a location, you know, the Chinese script, and I was like, Man, no one even looked, and that that that's one that kind of gets frustrating because you see them so often, uh, and it's not the ones that are off a little bit that you know. It's when you look and say, "Wow, that is quite a ways off," or you know, that's just somebody. The pop up comes up and says, "Is this right?" And somebody said, "Yeah," clicks the button and moves on. Mm. That's the most frustrating. But as an Earthcache reviewer, I could say. Uh, just not even reading the guidelines, not even knowing. Uh, so quite often I'll see submissions that are really virtual caches that are, uh, how do you put it? Somebody says, this is a really cool, the one I saw yesterday was, uh, this is a really cool site. Here's the history, you know, take a picture by the sign and, you know, or they won't even have you do anything. It's like, oh, visit this spot and log it. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's not an earth cache yeah. in any way, shape, or form. So, <laughs> you know. A lot another of that thing, Go ahead. Go ahead. Another thing that I just thought of just now is, is sometimes the, they don't have the cache placed when they submit it. Uh, 
and they're supposed to be uh, in place before you submit it. Uh, you don't have time a lot of times after because some there's sometimes that uh, I may get a cache and it's only a half hour between the time it was submitted and the time I publish it, and there ain't time to run back out there and put it out there if you don't have it there. So that I don't know for sure where that's at. It used to be on there somewhere where that that it's. Uh, I haven't place. read the submission thing for a while, but it's supposed to be on there that it's in place and ready to be found. And sometimes they aren't. Not It don't happen that often, but it does happen. My favorite is when you see a note on the cache page later that says, I'm really sorry, but the reviewer published it. <laughs> and I didn't have the cache in place yet. I thought I'd have more time. That's, uh, those those are common errors, and I don't know if Charles wants to admit it, but he and I have both published a lot of caches over you know over the last decade or so, and I know that I've done at least over half of those mistakes. So I, I, I'm fine to admit that. That's okay. I, oh, I'm, I, I'm definitely guilty of a couple of those. <laughs> um, but um, Harlan Casher, you actually mentioned something that I want to touch on in there that I think needs a little more explanation, and that's uh, permission. I know that's one of those big hot topics and uh, newer people of the game don't always understand that. Um, some people have been around for a while, don't always understand it, but that's okay. We'll talk about it some more. Um, can you talk about permission in public areas? That's always the, that's always the hard thing that people sometimes don't understand. Well, a lot of people think just because it's a public park or public, whatever that you don't need permission, but there's a lot of places that, uh, and I've run across it in Nebraska and Wyoming before, is is uh, just because it's public, whoever is a land manager or whoever takes care of that, whatever they want to be called, they don't want to cash in their park necessarily. And <clears throat> so you need to ask permission uh, before you place it, uh, just to, because you're, you're not going to go back there again, most likely as many times as, as all the people that are going to come and find it. And they're the ones that are going to get chewed out because they're going, people are going to want to know, what are you doing here? And why are, why are you climbing on my pole or why, whatever you're doing? Uh, one of the things we run across, across here is, is trees. Uh, a lot of people like to climb trees, but there, I have one park in particular where they almost, we almost got kicked out of the park because they were, they were climbing a tree and it might be okay for a hundred pound person to climb that tree but you get somebody that's 250 pounds climbing that they're not easy on the branches and the, uh, whoever was uh, taking care of the approving or approving the permits went out there and looked at one of these one day and sent me a nasty note. And so uh, I, tr I try and be careful then to make sure, especially in a lot of places that they do have permission for the, the climb in the trees. Uh, Another thing, when you do get permission, like say you get permission at Walgreens, or, I mean Walmart, or any of them places, any of them parking lot, you got to remember that the the person that gave you permission may not be there, and somebody else takes over, and they know nothing about it. And I have a perfect example. I had one on a caboose in a museum, and I went in the day I placed it. I went in and I got permission from the director at that time, and so it was there for about three years. And I get a I get a note sent to Heartland Casher from Groundspeak that says uh, the the person the whoever the director is did not give permission for this. Well, I knew better because I got permission. So, uh, <laughs> but I archived it anyhow because if they don't want it there, I don't want it to be there. I mean, that's right. the way I look at it. So, yeah. 
Uh, that's actually problems. There's plenty of other places in the world to hide them. That's uh, actually a big thing with schools. Yes. Uh, even if a school gives permission, all it takes is one parent, uh, and the bomb squad is there. So, it, does the principal know? Does the principal? It probably, in many cases, doesn't matter with them. You know, somebody makes a phone call, the authorities are going to show up just out of an abundance of caution. And, you know, so some places are just really hard to have permission because there's so many people who can, you know, call the police or call the authorities because it looks questionable. Someone's hiding a pipe in a bush, you know. <laughs> Definitely. And just because you have permission, the rest of the the rest of the staff may not have a clue that there's permission been given for that, and so that like Dick said, they'll 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 call uh, they'll call the cops or somebody. The bomb squad will show up, and and we had a great event here with the bomb squad. Uh, one of the guys in a that was in a uh, he was a police officer, and he organized an event with the bomb squad. And I remember the first thing the guy said when he walked in is like I would like to thank you all for my vacation to Cancun because your overtime paid for my vacation <laughs> and he said we know that they're most of your geocaches are harmless but we have to treat them like they're not until they're open and we see so he's like we show up and we'll show up in force and we'll bring all the equipment and you know and, and they're more than happy to pay for their vacations that way. This question is directed towards GeoWare. Why are the requirements different for Earth caches? Um, be that the permission aspect of it, the uniqueness of um, what you are trying to, to go, but, but why are the requirements for Earth caches different? I, I think the first to note is that they're to be educational. They're not really the same purpose as a virtual or a virtual is just anything that looks neat, you know, or a regular cache. Uh, the purpose of the, the Geological Society of America who sponsored the program and oversees it with Groundspeak is it's to be educational. So you have to go into it with the thought of your you're going to teach somebody something and they need to answer some questions to prove that they, they learned something. And the second is permission because they wanted national parks on board early on and worked with the national parks, the department of the interior to kind of get something set up. 
And in the process, you know, they were like, we want permission for everything that's on National Park's property. Even if it's a virtual site, we want to have some say in this. And so that was added to the requirements. And it just was kind of spread very blanket requirements across the United States where that most reviewers have that if, if you leave a paved road, and in some instances, even the paved road, they're going to ask for specific permission. And we've had people turn it down. We've had people say, ah, we've, that's an area that receives so many visitors, we don't want more visitors. It causes too much damage. And, or places that were too far out of the way and they didn't, you know, they felt like they didn't want to encourage travel. Uh, a great example was uh, the wave in southern Utah and northern Arizona, depending on where you classify it at. But uh, there was an earth cache there for a number of years. And uh, they felt like they don't advertise where that location is. Now you can find out. Yeah. It's not that hard. And you can use Google Maps and you can use other things to find it. But they don't advertise its location because they, they only give out 20 permits a day or so to go visit it it's it's a fairly low number and when somebody posts they they felt like somebody was using the coordinates to drive to a new trailhead and hike over so they just said we we would like to revoke permission on this so the owner archived it and periodically things like that arise and you know it's much easier to when Zion National Park calls and says, who gave permission for all these? And they're really upset that no, you know, they never gave permission. And I can say, uh, this is the guy who gave permission. And then they go, oh, well, that's fine then. That's okay. But they're really worried that it's happening and no one's giving permission. And then if they find out that, oh, Ranger such and such or the BLM offer such and such, they spoke with somebody, that calms people down because... You know, they know that at least somebody's talked about it. So that with permissions and things change and everything else that both of y'all have covered, is it probably a good idea when somebody gets permission to cash or this divinity cash to to keep a note of that somewhere so they'll have it in a couple of years from now when they forget who gave them permission? Yeah, probably a good yeah. idea. Yeah. So it's not just you know you know, Ranger Bob, they gave him permission and they forget five years later and they have to track somebody down in their emails or whatever, but it's probably a good idea on uh, cash owners notes or whatever to keep who they got permission from, how they contact them and everything else. It's right. a lot easier than having to archive your cash because you can't remember. And if you put it in the cash notes, those get archived. At least the head, headquarters and the reviewers can look in and see who, who gave them permission and who, so there's information at least at least for HQ and the volunteers to be able to address it if it comes to their attention. That's so with all these things we've talked about already, we don't want to scare anybody off from trying to publish caches. If uh, if they're kind of getting into all this and they're trying to do all the steps right, is it possible for a cacher before they submit a cache for final publishing, can they contact the reviewer ahead of time to to communicate with me before that final publish button is pushed? Definitely. They can contact me. I, uh, I, I'll i help try and verify that their coordinates are, are 
no, but there's no conflicts in their coordinates. Uh, I do have some caches that have my phone number because sometimes it's easier to. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's easier to just call and get it over with. I mean, in 30 seconds or a minute, we can have it done. Where it would take 10, 10 uh, notes back and forth before it's done. And most, unless it's something major, I, I then I want to have it in a note so there's some kind of a record of what we're doing. But mm-hmm. uh, if it's just to find, I don't mind somebody calling me as long as it's. Uh, they're not trying to sell me anything, anything like that. But. <laughs> yeah, I like people to, I tell them, create a cache page and title it yep. coordinate check. And then it's really quick and easy. It's a little more difficult if they just send me coordinates because then I have to, cre- I create a cache page or stick it in a cache page and update it and check it. So it's a, it's a little faster to, I can check it on my phone while I'm traveling if I have a cache page, if they make a cache page. Hmm. Otherwise, I need it's. I kind of need to get to a computer to shuffle around and do some work on it. So that is possible. And I think a lot of people forget that part over the years or new cachers don't realize that there's more options than just hit submit. They can yeah. do that reviewer note on there. If there are a lot of mystery caches in the area, you really need to. Uh, my one of my first caches, I got denied five times. Oh. Uh, I, I, there was there was mystery caches everywhere, and I put it in a park, and they said it's too close, so I moved it across the park, and they said it's too close, so then I moved it all the way across town to another park. Well, it's too close, so I moved it to another park. It was too close, and I said, ah, forget this. So I took it all the way out of town, half mile out of town, and said, there's nothing here, and put it there. Yeah, too close again. I saw. I was like, ah, just what are the chances that? And every time, I was too close to a different cache. It wasn't the same cache in the parks. It was a different cache. So, I was, and in fact, I went back to one of the parks to like, I'm picking up this cache. I can't believe it's too close. And I reached up in the tree to pull my cache out of the tree, and like hanging next to it was the one I was too close to. I just never saw it when I was hanging. I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh. That is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, too close. Yeah. Six <laughs> inches is a little too close. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, cashers. It's Lookout Lisa from Cash Advance, and I am so excited to be a sponsor and a part of the Worldwide CashCon 2021. So how would you like to get specially curated geocaching gear delivered right to your door every month? Well, that would be a part of our Cash Crates, which is a monthly subscription box just for geocachers. And we have a special for you right now. If you join up today, you can also receive 10% off with the coupon code WWCC2021. And that will get you 10% off your first invoice. So if you join join us for monthly, it's 10% off your first month. Or if you go annually, it's 10% off the entire year. And we would love to have you as a part of our Cash Crate crew. All right, gentlemen, according to Groundspeak and the numbers that they put out um, a couple of weeks ago, in 2020, there were 30,131 
first time hides for geocaching accounts that were submitted. What advice do you two gentlemen have for a first time hider trying to get their very first geocache published? Read the guidelines, then read them again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> try and find some cache, different variety of caches before you hide it. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of debate on what number you should find before you hide a cache. I've got I've got hiders that have found over a thousand caches that hide caches worse than somebody that's a, has hardly found any caches. So I don't know if that necessarily, but I think the variety helps as much as anything to find a variety of caches and see what kind of containers they're in and, and go by that, you know, and ask somebody, ask other uh, geocachers that you may know to, to ask their advice too. They'll help you out. I haven't found any that won't. Yeah, I was going to say ask for help. You know, there's, there's, unfortunately, these people don't know anybody a lot of times. So, yeah. you know, they're more nervous to call some stranger and say, can you look at this? But that helps a lot just to have a second set of eyes that can look over stuff or, or, you know, another idea might be, you know, once you're done, put it away. Don't list it for publishing yet. Come back the next day and just look at it from top to bottom. It does, does the map look okay? Is that really where it's at? You know, is China where my cache is located or is it somewhere else? Uh, make sure that stuff is just correct. You know, I've done puzzles where I did the math and everything's great and I published it and then I was realized, oh gosh, everyone's complaining and I start running math numbers and I was like, oh, sorry. My puzzle was not where you were, where I was sending you. So, you know, just like pretend you've never seen it before and look over it and see if there's something missing or, uh, obviously read the guidelines like Heartland said, but I think a lot of times we make, especially if we're experienced, you make dumb mistakes. You know, you just, why did I, how, it's not on top of a building. Why did I even think it was there? You know? <laughs> Another thing, get good coordinates, get the best coordinates you can get. Uh, do it two or three times if you have to, to get coordinates. Uh, I know a lot of people use phones. I don't, uh, I use a GPS. I've had one since I, well, not since I started, but that's a whole new story. But I use a GPS most all the time. I do have an app on my phone that I, that I use and it's sometimes pretty close. Uh, I think things are a lot better than they were when they first come out getting yeah. uh, coordinates on the phone than they used to be, but uh, get good coordinates. That's, that's one of the, the things that people go out and find caches. If you leave, read their logs, that's one of the first things they say. The coordinates are off 30 feet. Well, 30 feet ain't bad when you figure all the variances there is, you know. But when you're looking for a nano, 30 feet's quite a ways sometimes. So it can be quite far sometimes, for sure. <laughs> Especially when 30 feet means horizontal, not vertical. Depending on where you are in the world, 30 feet can be a long eight way. miles away. So. Remember, he's in Heartland. We're in the mountains. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. In the mountains, 30 feet can be half a day or a whole day sometimes. Um, it's only a mile. How bad can it be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all done that. It's a 12% um, grade. 
<laughs> yeah. We've uh, we kind of been talking about general stuff and a lot more information for the new people. And some of the newer people in the game, which is a lot of new people in the game, won't uh, identify with this as much, but it'll give them a lot of good information. A few years ago, there were some changes to the challenge rules, um, which, uh, you know, it it's come and gone and, and it's been out here for a little while now. After the time that you've had to kind of to do that and review a bunch of challenges, are they easier now with the new rules? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we had tons of challenges here in Utah. They, I don't know when somebody picked up on those the idea of those, but it was early on. So I'd heard other reviewers say, "I don't think we have more than one or two in the whole state," and I'm like, "Geez, I have. I own a dozen. How can you only have one or two? But. <laughs> A lot of them, yeah. The the rules were there were no rules, to be honest. So it was fairly arbitrary, and there was some pretty strange ideas for for challenge caches. So having a a format that is kind of blocked out and is well thought out, I think Heartland, you could correct me. Didn't we spend like a year talking about it as reviewers as to what would work and what wouldn't? Yep. <laughs> and what we had 200 plus reviewers at the time. So everybody's giving input and everybody's putting ideas on the table. And, and I don't think everybody agrees with everything. Some hate them still and don't, you know, so, and others love them. I I wish there were some changes to it, but I, oh, it's way better than it was. One thing that's helped is they have to have a challenge checker with them to be a to be a challenge cache, and that's eliminated a lot of the the I don't know if I want to call it garbage or not, but a lot of the questionable caches that uh, aren't near as bad. Uh, it used to be either. I know some of them that I had, we'd bring them to the watering hole and we'd talk about them and they'd go to HQ and the the, the owner would submit a, a protest to HQ and it was it was quite a process back then. And it's it it's not the best necessarily, but it works good. It works a lot better than what the other ones did. And I don't mind doing challenge caches reviewing anymore like I did back in the in the olden days. I don't remember when we when that was all changed, but it, it's a lot. It's a lot better for everybody concerned. I think I, uh, Charles and I are both big fans of challenges, as anybody that's ever heard us talk about anything knows. But uh, I, I think it speaks to, and the reason why we wanted to make sure we asked this question, it speaks to the fact that we're over twenty years into this game, and it's grown from a few people doing it to over three million or over three million active caches. Are we at four million active caches now? I don't even know how many we're at now. Over wow. 3 million active caches. I remember when that, that ticked over. But, yeah. uh, you know, you can spend a lot more time when there's only a few people playing a game, whereas there's millions and millions of people playing a game. And I think that speaks to the evolution of the game that not everybody knows, but it, it's good. And I'm I'm glad that that was a big improvement and, and saved a bunch of your time as well. So I, um, think a, I think a lot of people forget that some of them were really – a boastful challenge you know somebody would say find 22,000 regulars 7,000 on these and 74 virtual you know and they'd have a checklist of do this 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 or this and really why did they come up with those numbers because that's what they had accomplished 
that was exactly what they tried to do. You know, I, I, a shout out to one of my friends that today hit 14 years of a geocaching streak. Oh my gosh. You know, and oh, I can't wow. think of, of him saying, Oh, I'm going to put a challenge out for 14 years. No one would find it. I mean, I, I think there's three guys that are within a half year after him, you know, mm-hmm. and then that will meet it in the next few years. But how many of those guys are going to come to Utah again or to Utah? So right. Right. I, I just look and say I too many of the early ones were problematic because somebody would, would do stuff like that. You know, find 5,000. Now find fifty five hundred, and a block down the road was find six thousand, and you know it was more of just to to flag their achievement, not to put challenges for other people. This one's coming back to your uh, Earth Cash Earth Cash reviewer hat for you, um, and and I'm sure, like myself, I've got numerous Earth Caches published, as does Jesse, um, and and we get this and we hear this a lot in group discussions and whatnot. But why do people think that it is so hard? to publish an earth cache. We hear it all the time about, Oh, well, I've tried to submit one four different times, or I've tried to submit three different styles of earth caches and they all get rejected. And I'm, I'm done with them. Why? (laughs) Uh, I think the first and easiest to address is just to go back to the history of earth caches. The first three, four years of the earth cache program, there was one and later two guys who reviewed the entire world. And they worked at the Geological Society of America and it was their job, but they also had other things to do. So lots of early earth caches were really published as, and they were virtuals. They don't, you know, when I'm looking... I can't imagine sitting in my queue. And did either of you publish Earth Caches in 2005 to 2010? Mm-mm. That window? No. You you went to the Earth Cache site, you filled out information, and then sent it to them. And they would review it, create the cache page, and then publish it and adopt it over to you. So it was very, very labor intensive for them. And so I think, and they they admitted to me, they got really lax in the end. They were seeing a hundred pop up in a day and stuff was being published uh, without really meeting. The guidelines weren't very well thought out at that point either. So 
And then around 2010, 2011, they've started to bring in other people to look at different places in the world and to review. And you see a lot of people who go back to those early caches that are really just a Earth-based virtual. And they grab it and they copy it and they try to place it again. Mm. And uh, they don't really meet the guidelines anymore. Around 2011, uh, there was a major guideline overview review massacre where, you know, the reviewers and the GSA and Groundspeak rewrote the entire guidelines for earth caches at that point. But that still means there's years of caches in place. So people look to those and then want to copy those. And, you know, a lot of people look at what they've done. They don't read through the guidelines back to, you know, what you see with regular caches, I think. So when they don't read through the guidelines and I get one that's on the history of something, it's like it's not on you know, geological science, it's on history. So you have to try again and then they'll write, then they'll add a paragraph that, you know, there's sand at the site. And <laughs> then they'll, they'll add a question that says, what color is the sand? And then they'll resubmit it. You laugh, but that happened to me recently. <laughs> so, you know, it's like I, and, you know, it's hard. And I think a lot of people, don't take the time to read through the guidelines and then you have to find a place for it. Uh, you know, it's not like I have a geocache, it's this big, now let's go over here and we'll hide it under this rock or this bush. You, you can just take it where you want to. When you're doing an earth cache, you need to kind of know something about the site. So that's, and I, I think in America in particular, we're not that good at teaching geology. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I remember my field trip in high school, the geology field trip. I took the trip because I was getting out of class. I wasn't <laughs> taking the trip to learn geology. I was getting out of class. And, but, you know, I think you see the difference in Europe where geology is one of the sciences that's taught in man, there's a lot of earth caches that pop up because people know the area that they're in. Hmm. I, I think that's the big difference. So I see a lot of people who try to publish stuff and really have no knowledge and they don't study it and they don't, they're trying to shoehorn, you know, they'll take one of your geocaches that's specific to a site and then try to shoehorn it into, ah, you did one, on, he did one on a, on a, erosion here and this looks like the same thing i can just kind of cram it in here and it kind of works so uh, yeah it's harder to do i i want to be able to say it's easy and everyone can do it uh, i it's not uh i see people put a lot of time and effort into them and you know sometimes it really hurts when you know that I can't, I can't give them advice to make this work. I don't know how, especially if I don't know the area or the situation. I can, you know, sometimes I can get a, you know, go to Google Earth and I'll get a shot and I can get an idea and look at it. And I can go to some maps that I have 
from the geological society and oh, what's the ground there? Maybe I can give them some hints or ideas. I probably spent more time on caches that never got published trying to find stuff for people mm. uh, because I feel bad that somebody's working hard. So yeah, I'm rummaging through, you know, University of Missouri <laughs> doctoral thesis that's on the Grand Canyon and I'm trying, you know, maybe I can find something on this point because some guy wrote a whole doctoral thesis on it and I get lost and I'm like, I, I just can't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I hope so. But once in a while I find something great and you can point them and say, look, here's a here's a file that I found. See if you can redo it so it focuses on this. And sometimes it works great. Sometimes you just can't. I, people who know that there's geology there, but you can't see it. Heartland probably knows this problem in his area. You know, there's geology in in that area, but if it's very flat and you can't see it, you have to be able to say, this is why it's here and, and describe it. And it's tricky. I mean, some places like the central states are so flat and you're going to have to work a lot harder. Road cuts are your friend. Oh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So a road cut. <laughs> um, we definitely want to respect your time, and you know we we try to give a lot of good information, and hope everybody's enjoyed this hour. But uh, right before we go, we want to address one rumor. So uh -oh. I believe that both of you review full time. That's your full time job, and you make three hundred thousand dollars a year. Is that correct? Yes. Actually, it's more than that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's in it's in signal dollars. It's in signal dollars. Okay. Yeah. The, the, um, all joking aside, for people that don't know, the reviewers truly are volunteer reviewers. They do this out of the goodness of their heart because they want the game going. So all this stuff we just talked about, they did all this on their own time, and they do all of that on their own time, also being geocachers at the same time. So I just wanted to make sure for people that don't understand, um, and they're sending in those crazy messages that y'all talked about, you guys are geocachers just like everybody else, but you're helping and, them go. And I have a full-time job and teenagers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I, I that I thought of a while ago is one thing, and I think Blue Roger tell you the same thing is we want to publish caches, and we will help you any way we can to get it so that it'll meet the guidelines, so it so we can publish it. Uh, sometimes it can't happen, just like he's talking about Earth caches. Sometimes it absolutely can't. There's no way it'll happen, but if there's a way, we'll try and make it happen. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll, we'll let you get back to your full-time job of reviewing. And, uh, again, thank you very much for contributing to this hour. The finger's ready to hit the button. That's Where right. are your caches? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That Man. was phenomenal. That is, for those that are out there that are new to geocaching and you've never seen a reviewer, well, there you go. you got some reviewers. And like they said right there at the end, they are wanting to publish – the caches. So give, don't, don't be mean to them. Be nice to them. Find your reviewer in your area and they will help you just reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm trying to publish this cache, but I don't know what I'm doing completely. Can you help me out? And they'll, they'll, they'll help you because hey, they're geocachers too. So Absolutely. I just really love that. Yeah. It's been, been great so far, uh, but we're just getting started, but oh, yeah. I wonder what's happening. Uh, I haven't had time. I'm helping you right now producing, uh, 
is are people going to Instagram? Are we getting some, oh, some yeah. hits getting stuff on Instagram? In fact, um, check this out. We we're getting some people that are hitting up on Instagram here. Oh, that's awesome. I, this is what I love seeing. I love seeing, I mean, look at this. We got somebody out here cashing and they're watching cash con. That is um, awesome. We got somebody that's taking some pictures of them, uh, as they're watching cash con right here. Uh, well, Hey, look, there's Charles watching himself on cash con and <laughs> uh, himself. I love it. Jesse's over here down here. This is actually Jesse. See if he'll come up. There's Jesse right there's there. Jesse. watching. Watch himself with the lackey panel. That's um, awesome. Not just on Instagram, but check this out on Twitter. We're getting some stuff on Twitter. There's there's some oh, posts nice. here on Twitter that's coming up, and I absolutely love this. Uh, yes. Facebook. We got John David Crew watching CashCon. Yep. Crew. So I mean, we have people, and remember, tag us. Yes. Uh, hashtag WWCC21, and we're going to be giving away prizes to those that tag us on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we got coins, we got stuff. Um, we even have now, Gary, I don't, we have some cashly stuff that we're giving away. Absolutely. We've got, we got subscriptions to that. I mean, we got different app. stuff. We don't, we're not going to announce everything we get because we no. want it to be a surprise for you. Uh, so, IBQ but this caching is, is giving away some stuff. I mean, we've got uh, some of the sponsors have mentioned it. Uh, some 10% off uh, yeah. was mentioned. Uh, cash advance. Thank you, cash advance. We've got yep. more to come. More to come. Yep. So. got more to come. Let's I mean, go. It's 11.57 here in Central Time. <laughs> so we're doing really good. Um, how about those travel, uh, the Bugsy, Bugsy and the tr- Bugsy? Yes. So we got more music coming up. In fact, we got two songs coming up for you right now uh, from Bugsy. And these guys are in Belgium. Belgium. And that's where they're yep. coming from. They're doing a whole bunch of different stuff. They've uh, later in the day uh, at the six o'clock hour, we have our um, actual concert. concert with the travel mm-hmm. bugs and they have actually toured with yes. them over in England. So they did, they did that. And Bugsy was, I believe we're supposed to be doing Steve's uh, backup as well at the HQ uh, celebration too. Where's weren't they? Yeah, they're 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 communicating and connected together. And I do want to mention real quick, shout out to really everyone in all the different parts. Malaysia was on earlier. Oh, yeah. um, we're going to be showing videos of people from all over the world, and uh, especially during the world hour, which is the four p.m. Central right. Time. But every every hour is great. So yeah, we're excited for everybody to be a part of this. So after these two songs, we're going to be getting into Adventure Labs, and we're going to be talking yes. about different Adventure Labs, um, some around the world. So, But without further ado, let's get to another Bugsy song. Let's do it. <laughs> 